Praise God. My name is Minister George Houston. Thank you, praise and worship team. I'm one of the staff ministers here at Linked Up Church, and I have a word for you. Amen. I have a word for you. Y'all ready? Um, I know we have a lot of first-time visitors. Thank you for coming to Linked Up Church. I do invite you back in the near future. Our pastors will be back. But how many of y'all know, just like it's good for us to have a vacation, it's also good for pastors to have a vacation as well. Amen. Amen. I just want to, man, I, I see a miracle in the room. Some of y'all, sometimes Satan leads us to believe that there are not miracles happening in this day, in this, in this day and age. But <laughs> there are multiple miracles of healing that are in this room right now. Um, and one of them, I don't want to embarrass her by having her stand, but... <sighs> if you all knew the power of prayer... If you all knew the power that God has given us through his son, Jesus, we wouldn't take that power lightly. And I'm just going to give a I know at some point she will give her testimony, but God still heals today. And one of the cool things about Linked Up Church, and I know cool is not a cool word anymore, but I'm going to take it. I like using the word cool, is when you connect to a ministry that truly cares about you, we truly care about you. And so when you're in a hospital, let us know. We want to come visit you. We want to join with you in prayer. And we don't just want to visit you one time. We want to visit you multiple times. And I'm looking at people in the room who have gone through life-changing experiences and being healed by the power of Jesus. So I'm glad that you're here. Love you so much. Love you so much. All right. So I'm sorry. I almost lost it right there just by seeing her face. Um. I want you to write these questions down. So as we do at LinkedIn Church, we like to give you notes and such, and I'm the type of person, I want to get you to think. Get you to think. What are you, here's question number one. What are you most afraid of? What are you most afraid of? If you were called up and you were on the Steve Harvest show and he was to ask you in his funny way of saying things, what are you afraid of? What would you tell him? For some people, if they go to the, to the beach, they're afraid of sharks. You know, the movie Jaws is giving everyone a shark phobia. For some people... They're afraid of failure. For some people, they're fearful of lack, not having enough money. Some of y'all might have written down, you're afraid of death. But let me ask you this question. Has God given you a spirit of fear? The title of my sermon today is Fearless. Exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Fearless. Uh, I'm, 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 calm, I'm trying to calm down because I, I, I saw one miracle and there's another. She's, one, she's on our dream team. So was she. And when you, when, when you know who's on your side, when you know who God is, 
even if something bad happens to you, something, will, something bad will happen to everyone. We know that God still protects us through it. All right. So turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1. Let's eat. 2 Timothy chapter 1. If you didn't bring your Bible, they'll have them on the screen as well. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Gonna, the Lord through me will minister on the topic of being fearless. 2 Timothy chapter 1. And we're going to start with uh, verse 6. It says, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. What he's talking about here is the gift of God which is through the Holy Spirit. And if some of you all were here last weekend, between our two campuses, we had over 50 people receive baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so... When we say stir up the gift, he's reminding us that there are times where we need to pray in the spirit, that we need to pray in tongues. And and that's one of the reasons why Satan fights that gift so much, because Satan doesn't want you to have that gift of praying in the spirit. And so so there are times where we may not know exactly what to pray, but we need to stir up the gift that's on the inside of us. And so in this this case, he's speaking to to Timothy. So this is Paul writing a letter to his his son in the gospel, Timothy. He knew that Timothy received the baptism of the Holy Spirit by the laying on of hands. Verse 7, for God hath not given unto us, say us, touch your neighbor, say you. God has not given you the spirit of fear. Touch your other neighbor, say God hasn't given you the spirit of fear. To my 2016 graduates, you don't have to be afraid of the next phase of your life. But of power and love and a sound mind. Once again, I like to read, I'll read it again. For God has not given unto us, I'll read it from the Amplified. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear. Ooh, I like that. Huh. Cowardice or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of sound judgment. How many of y'all need better judgment? Me, 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 me. Father, give me better judgment all the time. Better sound judgment and personal Discipline. Oh, I like that. I need some more of that too. <laughs> um, and that personal discipline means abilities that result in a calm or well-balanced mind and self-control. So I'm going to ask you this question. If God did not give, it, give us fear, then where did fear come from? <laughs> Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Personally, if God didn't give it to me, I don't want it. If God didn't give it to me, I do not want it. Think about that. How many of y'all have have children? I have three daughters. You know, I want my children to be blessed, but if some stranger comes up and gives them a special gift that I'm not aware of, we got to have some conversations. If Satan gives you something, the package might be pretty, but you got to really ask God, Father, is this gift coming from you? Or is this gift coming from the enemy? You all do understand we have an enemy, right? All right. Is our enemy people? Oh, 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 okay. Uh, Let me give you a hint. Uh, Your enemy is not people. Our enemy may use people, but our enemy is not people. We're in a spiritual battle. Now, once again, Satan might use people. Might 
He does use people. No doubt about it. But the person is not your enemy. So let's not waste time fighting people. We can go right after the source of what our, um, our enemy is. Romans chapter 8. Let's go there. Fearless. Fearless. Romans chapter 8, let me remember, uh, verse 14 is where we'll start. For God has not given unto us a spirit of fear, but of joy, love, and a sound mind. 14, for as many as led by the Spirit, say, that's me. That's me. <laughs> I like that. Yes, ma'am, I got that. Say it again, that's me. that's me. For as many that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Say, that's me. Obviously, sons also means sons and daughters. All right, we got everybody. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, where we, where we cry, Abba, Father. Once again, he's amplified, which is, makes it so clear, says, you have not received a spirit of slavery leading again to fear. Oh. So really, fear can enslave us if we don't watch it. For example, you know, I, I love watching, um, how many of y'all like watch the show Blackish? Anybody watch the show Blackish? <laughs> Somebody says it's too black for him. <laughs> and there, for some African Americans, there's a fear of, of, of water because we can't swim. And there was this one episode where um, the, the, the family, the main family of the, of the show, their neighbor, which was Caucasian, wasn't inviting them to their pool parties. And so they got all offended by it. They weren't inviting them to the pool parties. And so even though the dude couldn't swim, he was going to go to the pool party anyway and prove that he could swim. And he decided to try to take swim lessons via YouTube. <laughs> as, you can, as you might imagine, that did not end well. Some of us are enslaved by the fear of, of, of water because we don't know how to swim. Some of us are enslaved by a fear of poverty. So get this. So when, when God does bless us with a good job, we then, because we're so fearful of losing that job, whatever our boss tells us to do, even though it might be illegal, we'll do. <laughs> and sometimes, unfortunately, we might have bosses or companies that might want to ask us to do illegal things. That's where you have to draw the line. All right, so fear can enslave you. All right, so we understand. So let, let's go with me to Genesis chapter 3. Let's, let's look at where fear first came onto the earth. Genesis chapter 3, as we've already established, God has not given, us, given unto us a spirit of fear. So we understand that if God didn't give it to us, then it came to us by our enemy. Genesis chapter 3. Let's look at the first mention in the Bible where afraid or fear was even mentioned. And let's see why that happened. So I'm going to set it up a little bit before I read. What happened earlier in Genesis chapter 3 was, so I'm going to set it up. How many of y'all know who was, in the, who was in the Garden of Eden, Adam and who? All right. And God gave them some simple instructions. Basically, God said, you can, you can eat of any tree in the garden except for one. But y'all know how Satan is, right? Whatever, if you have children, you, you completely understand. You can tell children, you can play in every room in the house but the living room. And where are they going to play? In the living room. This was Adam and Eve. God said, don't eat of any tree. But you can, I'm sorry, you can eat of any tree but one. And then they did eat. And then God comes to see them right afterwards. 
Verse 8 says, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the, in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. And God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where are you? That's, that's the 2016 version of Where Art Thou? And Adam said, listen to this. Adam said, I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid. Because I was naked and hid myself. So the first mention of someone being afraid in the garden or in, the, in, in all of mankind, the first mention of that was Adam. Because he missed God's mark, he was afraid of the consequences. He was afraid. And, and God's response to him was like, dude, even if you missed the mark, I still love you. Let me bring that to you today. God is not the type of God, and, and the, based on sometimes we've been brought up in churches where it's all works-based, and if, if we don't hit everything perfectly, we think God has his floss water. And he's looking around, oh, wait, my man, is he going to miss it? Is he going to miss it? Dang, I got him. That's not our God. That's not. That's not. You don't have to work for God's love. You already have it. I'm getting way ahead of myself. You don't have to work for God's love. Amen. You already have it. Amen. I'm going to say it again. You don't have to work for God's love. You already have it. That's another fear. We're so afraid of, of, of someone else's opinion of us that we'll do all that we can to please other people and ignore pleasing God. Oh, Lord. Ooh, Lord. That was once me. I'm going to be honest. I was once a, a big-time people pleaser. Trying to please my mom and dad, trying to please the pastor, trying to please the deacon over here. I grew up in church trying to please the mother over here. This mother said, God called you to do this. This father said, God called you to do this. This pastor said, God called you. All these things that people are telling me that God called me to do, and I didn't take the time to learn for myself what God called me to do. Your teacher might have said, you're, you're dumb, you're not going to, or your teacher said, oh, you're good at, you, you drew one picture. Oh, you're great at drawing. And then, they, all these things that people might tell you. <laughs> Come on now, that's right. Without taking the time to ask God, Lord what, Lord, what have you called me to do? Fear of people's opinion. Fear of people thinking that you don't have enough money, so I'm going to go out, I'm going to, I know I can only, and this is how, if you're a real estate agent, please don't get me wrong. I'm not against real estate agents. But I remember when we were buying our first home, my own experience, I told them I want a home under this amount, right? And what did she do? She took me to a neighborhood that was $10,000 above my lowest amount. Like, sweetheart, we asked you, we want to stay in this amount. Oh, oh, is that what you told me? Yeah, that's what I told you. But sometimes that we as people, we, <laughs> we want to please other people and let them think that we have all this whatever, whatever, and we'll go above our own means. Amen. Fear. You know what's driving that? Fear. I don't want someone to think that we, I don't have it all together. Here's another one. Uh, under public opinion. Ooh, Pastor, he missed a great sermon. God told me to come to the altar. I don't want to go up there. I'm afraid of what that may think about me. Can I give y'all a secret? 
None of us have it all together. None of us. None of us. Not me, not Pastor Gregory, not Pastor Trish. None of us have it all together. There's only one example to live by. Jesus. Come on. Fearless. Fearless. So we see that the first mention of fear came from, came from, from Adam basically saying he was afraid because he missed God's mark. He was afraid of what God's going to do with him. He was afraid of the consequences. But, but who caused him to miss the mark? Satan. All right. Let's go into some, some words here. So the, 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 origin of, the origin of fear is Satan. We read about that. And so because of what Adam did, because Adam took the fruit and bit thereof, Satan now became the lowercase g, God of this world. This is very important. Because Satan is the lowercase g, God of this world, Satan has now turned this world system to be fear-based. I dare you to watch the news. If you had a, a timer and, t- and counted how much time they gave you positive information versus fear. Okay, go ahead. You want me to use this, uh, the other mic? Okay, go ahead, do that. So, hey, came back, but go ahead and do that. All right, so Satan is lowercase you the God of this world, but he set up this whole system to be fear-based. So if you watch the news, they're going to give you someone died over here. Someone died on this street. Someone got shot. <laughs> someone did something at, at a school. So it's going to be totally negative-based. And then you turn off the local news, you watch, the US, you watch the, 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 US, the U.S. news via any news report you want, and it's the same thing. Fear, 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 fear. The political, both, both political sides use fear. Both sides. One side says, don't vote, don't vote for this dude because he's not going to be for your people. The other side says, don't vote for this dude or this girl, whatever, because she's going to be do this. It, they're trying to use fear to motivate you to change. So all day, every day, Satan is feeding you fear. Here recently, you know, I, I love going to the lake, even though my wife doesn't swim. I like to go to the lake and hang out. And one thing that came on the news recently was three alligators seen in, in, in Georgia. <laughs> three. In all of Georgia, three. Three. And so what is Satan trying to do for me? Don't go to the lake, man. You're going to see an alligator. <laughs> fear. But if God didn't give us fear, what's the antidote to fear for a believer? I submit, you, I submit this to you. Fear, you're not born fearful. Fear is actually taught to you by your life experiences. I'm going to say it again. Some of y'all didn't get it. You're not born fearful. You're taught it. Just like people aren't born racist. Come on, I'm going to drill it home. People are not born racist. It's taught to them. It's taught by either what they see or what they hear or what they experience. 
Same thing with you and fear. <laughs> you weren't born with a fear of snakes. <laughs> Some of y'all are like, but as long as I can remember, I've been afraid of them jokers. <laughs> but it was taught to you by what you saw, heard, or experienced. Come on, come on. <laughs> Some of us are afraid of, of dogs. For real. Funny story, I was at, I was at uh, my wife and I, we went to Raymond Bible Training Center. And, and our, la- our second year, this, is, this showed me how different, different um, people see dogs. Um, and our, our teacher asked us a question. It was, it was, I was in the pastor's class. And he said, when you hear the word dog, what's the first thing that you think of? And we all raised our hand. And, I, and he called me first. I said, dirty, as in dirty dog. All right, so I said, dirty. And then 20 other people answered, and they said, loving, companion, um, sweet. Uh, They gave all these great answers, and I I was like sinking further, further down in my chair. (laughs) I I was, because I was the only one that said something negative about the word dog. But some of us have a fear of dogs because we, we maybe had a bad experience. Or maybe our parent was afraid of it. Maybe our mom and dad was afraid of dogs. And they just passed that right on to us, right? So let me ask you this. If, if the lowercase g, Satan, God of this world, is feeding you fear all day, every day, and we need, we need to counteract that, we counteract that by faith. All right, so let's turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. <laughs> mm. Galatians chapter 5. Faith and fear are exact opposites. I won't spend a whole bunch of time on, on this topic, but um, we have to counteract what we're being fed on a daily basis. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. I'm glad that you all are listening so well. Keep it up. Galatians chapter 5 verse 6 says, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. The the, the connection I want to make is for us to live a, a life opposite of fear or fearless, we need to be people of faith, all right? So, for example, if, if I'm afraid of death, then, I, then my faith needs to be built on God's principles of because Jesus died for me and rose again, I, that I have eternal life. So I don't have to even fear physical death because I know where I'm going, right? And so I don't have to be afraid of doing or walking down the street, maybe witnessing for, for Jesus in a bad neighborhood because even if someone was to hurt me, guess what? I, I wake up in heaven, all right? So I'm not fearful of physical death. But that faith that I have, it works by love. Works by love. Touch your neighbor and say, works by love. Works by love. So listen to this. So as I was studying the Bible, I was like, okay, Lord, so if you don't want us to be fearful people, then I looked up in the Bible, the words, the words fear not in the Old Testament is mentioned 269 times. 269 times, God, God is telling us in the Old Testament, fear not. 
fear not. Fear, don't fear, fear not. Why? Because he understood that the lowercase g, God is worth Satan, is going to try to feed you fear. In the New Testament, it's mentioned 27 times, fear not, young man, fear not. God even told David, don't be fearful of going up against Goliath, right? And so imagine if David was, was afraid of going up against, he would not even have even gone and even faced his enemy. Some of you in this room, you have enemies who are standing in front of you mocking you. The word of the Lord to you is fear not. Go in God's power. Fear not. Turn with me to uh, 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. Fear not. First John chapter 4. So if faith worked by love, who is the author and finisher of love? God and through his son Jesus. You're right. First John chapter 4. Mm. Uh, this was, you'll, you'll love this scripture. Verse 18. This is so good right here. First John chapter 4, verse 18 says, There is no fear in love. Amen. Everyone say, no fear in love. But perfect love casteth out fear. I like that. Because fear hath torment, and that true fear does have torment. He that feareth not, he that feareth is not made perfect in love. Let me read it from the Amplified. It says, there is no fear in love. Dread does not exist. But perfect love, complete, full-grown love drives out fear because fear involves the expectation of the divine. Can I give you all a secret? Because we're on God's side. Our Father God loves us so much that he doesn't want us to be in fear of anything or anyone. Perfect love drives out fear. So, back to the other point I mentioned earlier. If I'm being inundated with fear all day, every day, how do I counteract that? I can't come to church Thursday and Sunday. I shouldn't say it like that. Hmm. I can't experience, have experiences with God one, one day a week if I'm being inundated with fear seven days a week. It just doesn't work. If you have someone telling you, you're not good enough, you're not good enough, you're not good enough, all day, every day, and all you do is pray one time, okay, Father, I thank you, I'm good enough, let me go. That's not enough. I'm not trying to condemn anyone. I'm just, I want you all to see that if we want to experience a fearless life, which God has called us to be, if we want to operate in faith and God's love towards us, then it's important that we spend time, that we experience God's love on a personal level. You can't say, man, because Minister Houston said God loves me, and I believe God loves me. Sweetheart, let, let, can, I, can I give you a secret? God preserved this Bible on purpose. Oh, this is an iPad that has a Bible downloaded in it. God preserved it on purpose. If you, if you read history about how many times they really tried to eradicate the Bible from this earth, it, it's a miracle that we even have the Bible right now. Multiple kings, multiple priests try to eradicate the scriptures from this earth. But yet God still preserved it so that you and I can have our faith based upon God's 
love. And please trust me, you can't base God's love on what some other man says about God's love or some other woman. You must experience God's love for yourself. You must. You must. You must. And I'm not talking about, and and see, here's, here's another fear of people in church. They fear that if I give my life to God, that I won't have any control. Come on, come on. Come on, come on. Or if I lift my hands in church and, 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 and only think about God's presence and what I'm, what I'm sensing through God's presence, I'm afraid that God's going to make me jump over four or five pews, roll over, and I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be all over church. And I, I'm, too, I'm too sophisticated for that. Okay, maybe that was something I was afraid of. (laughs) We read earlier that perfect love drives out fear. God's a perfect gentleman. (laughs) He will only, because he's a gentleman, he's riding beside you. He's not going to control your life. It's almost like GPS. My wife had, she, she downloaded a new a GPS app called Waves. How many of y'all have that Waves app? All right. Waves is so cool because you can actually put different voices in Waves. Uh, but, but think about God as like being your GPS. He's telling you which way to go. But, the, but does GPS force you to turn left or turn right? All right, funny story. I didn't know my wife had downloaded that, that GPS app, at Waves, and she had it, and a little pop-up said, Hey, uh, do you want the voice to be to be uh, two chains? <laughs> wait, wait, that's not that's not his voice. Um, what's the singer's name? T Pain, T Pain, T Pain. Right. So it popped up, and I was in her car. T Pain, y'all know T Pain. He's like the little the synth- synthetic voice kind of thing. What's the right word for that? Auto tune. Thank you, thank you. He had auto tune voice, and I was in her I was in her car, and I, I pressed it on her phone. So now he's like, turn left. <laughs> <laughs> and at first she was like, why you got this voice on my <laughs> It's funny, but that's, that's what God is to us. If <laughs> God is your waves app telling you, turn left, turn right. He's trying to guide us down the path that will lead us to success. But if you are enslaved to fear, you won't listen. Think, think, think. If you are enslaved to fear, God will say, turn left. And you'll be like, Lord, I ain't turning left. I went down that road last time, and that was an accident right there. My life experience, Lord God, is more important than you telling me turn left. <laughs> All right. Uh, now, now, some of y'all have waves. Does wave have, waves have the gospel singer in there maybe? No? <laughs> oh, Lord. I'm going to get in trouble. I told y'all to turn left. Oh, my. All right, seriously, at the end of the day, all of us want the same thing. We want true success. But if I'm walking in fear, if I'm enslaved by fear, oh, sometimes the fear of starting the business is actually harder than doing the business itself. The fear of the unknown. 
Lord, I, I know you've told me to start this business, but I'm afraid because I don't know. I, Father, I don't know this. I don't know this. I don't know this. I don't know that. All God is saying is turn right. He's telling you what to do. He's telling you, put down that, <laughs> that port. I'm la- I, I paused because that's what he told me, and I was like, no. <laughs> God said, turn left. I said, I'm turning right on this port. No, um, <laughs> no, for real. <laughs> I'm trying to be serious in this moment. True success is given to us by the one and true and living God. Any success built on Satan or what our own decisions have made is only, is fleeting. I'll put it that way. It's fleeting success. And my level of success might not be your level of success. What you're called to do is not what I'm called to do. What I love about God is we all have a different fingerprint. God is a unique God. We're not meant to be carbon copies of one another. I can't be Pastor Gregory. He can't be George Houston. I can't be the pastor I grew up under before he passed away. I can't even be my dad, even though my dad and I look very similar before he passed. I can't be him. We have different giftings. Some of our giftings are similar, but they're still different. We're called to do different things. You can be the best you that God has created you to be if, if, if you turn right and follow God. You can't follow God, though, based on fear. Because whatever God will tell you, Satan will give you 10 reasons why it ain't that way. At least 10. Oh, 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 here's another fear. Here's an, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing it back to my remembrance. The fear of dating. Dude walks up. Dude's like, hey, girl, how you doing? What you want? <laughs> he says, I'll call you by 5 o'clock. It's 501. Forget my number. Delete my number. No. Fear. Isn't that fear? The fear that this dude, (laughs) some of y'all are fearful because, oh, 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 in college, he was, oh, can I say that? In college, this dude may have been, (laughs) he may have pledged. Oh, y'all heard about those guys that pledged, right? You can't date any of them. They were dogs back then. Blah, 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 blah. Fear. (laughs) For real. Even when God tries to put the right person in your path, your fear can cause them to move out of the way. It, let's keep on going. He, <laughs> he approaches you and you're so fearful. Right? His socks and shoes were mismatched. I can't date him. <laughs> Some of y'all list like this long. He got to be 6'2 or above. <laughs> Father, he got to be chocolate skinned. He got to be, his chest has to stick out further than his gut. <laughs> he got to make at least six figures. He got to be a college. Where does he got to love God involved? That should be, does he love God? Fear. That's fear. I'm way off my notes. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for great examples. <laughs> Some of y'all laugh because that was once you. Fear. Faith based on truth trumps fear. Faith based on truth trumps fear. I love playing spades. And one thing I love about spades is, you know, the spade is a trump card, right? And some of y'all play, there's, there's some other versions of spades out there, but you understand that the, the, 
the trump card, no matter when that card is played, almost no matter when that card is played, that card wins every time. Faith based on truth trumps fear every time. But here's the key. You got to know what truth you believe in God for. You have to know it. And listen, that truth can't be what somebody else said from the pulpit. We give you the scriptures on purpose. We give you scriptures on purpose. We do that because we want you to take that scripture home and learn more about it. Once again, 1 John 4. I'm a, I, I expounded on Let's go back and read it again. 1 John 4, 8 says... to make sure. I'm sorry, 18, not 18 is where we were. It says, once again, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. So let me give you a secret. If you have any fear in your life, God did not give it to you. I ask you, I urge you to work on casting that fear out. And you must cast it out. You must drive it out based on what the Word of God says in your life. All right? <laughs> Let's bring it on home. Let's go. Mm, what do I want to, Father, where do you want to go next? Let's go with me to 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. 1 John 4, 4. Almost done. Yeah, oh, we are, we're actually in that chapter, just right above. It says, you are of God, little children. Touch your neighbor, say, neighbor, neighbor. You're, of God. you're of God. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater is he, say, greater, greater. Is, he is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Why is that important? Because you will have enemies, not the people. I'm looking around the room because I want to say something. Not, not the person that might be a different color or they may, they may be from a different block. They're not your enemy. I, we already said before, Satan is your enemy. But the Bible tells us in, in 1 John 4, 4, that greater is he that is in us. Greater. You know, I love math. Greater is that open carrot, right? It's open like this. Imagine, okay, never mind. I'm not going to the math example. But greater is he that is in you. So, listen, because God is in you, you can overcome any issue. Matter of fact, not you can. You have actually already overcome every circumstance. You just have to walk that thing out. Say greater. 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 Turn with me to Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12. I don't walk in fear because I understand who lives in me. Revelation chapter 12 verse 11. Last scripture today. Oh, fearless, fearless. Here it is right here. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. Now, before I read it, I want to make sure I establish this point. You will be in battles in your life. You will. If you keep living, you're going to go from one battle to another. But we understand that when we're in a battle... When we, when we win the battle, to the victor go the spoils of battle, right? The victor go the spoils of battle. 
<clears throat> Revelation chapter 12, verse 11 says, And they overcame him, him being Satan, by the blood of the Lamb. Who's the blood of the Lamb? All right, for everyone who didn't say Jesus, the blood of the Lamb is Jesus, all right? So they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Say, who is the blood of the Lamb? And by the word of their testimony. Ain't that good? So listen, your testimony that God has done, what God has done for you is not just for you. Your testimony is not just for you. That's another reason why we should not be fearful of what God has already done for us and tell other people because somebody else needs that testimony. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. They overcame him. They overcame Satan by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death. Come on. You're going to hear some great testimonies here soon. I I can't (laughs) can't even look this way because it's such a great testimony. And what the testimony was, this person went through a near-death experience. This person was unconscious for multiple days, but yet, even when the doctors gave up on her, she's sitting in the room today. So if you're in the room and and, and the doctor has given up on you or the doctor said, we can't do nothing else for you, let me tell you her testimony on her behalf because she doesn't have the mic like I do. God heals. Maybe, just maybe, you need wisdom about which job to take. Maybe you got two great offers sitting in front of you, and, and, and God is giving you wisdom about which one to take. Here's my testimony. When, I, when God gave me two, two or three different offers, I asked God which one to take. I took the right one, and I was blessed because of it. God will and has heard your prayer. You can succeed. We overcome because of the blood of the Lamb. Yeah. Because of the blood of the Lamb. Think about this. God loved us, us in this room, so much that he chose to kill his son. He chose to do it. It was the only way he could purchase us back. Because of what Adam did in Genesis, when we read about Adam talking about he was afraid, God had to kill, God had to make it even more dramatic. God had to murder his son. Now that hit y'all right there. God had to murder his son. And then Jesus had to willingly go through that process of the crucifixion. I've only seen the Passion of the Christ one time, but I can't watch it more than once. (laughs) But that movie is the most biblical interpretation of the Bible yet about what Jesus went through for you. So if Jesus went through that, why are we living in fear? Why? Why are we selling for something less than God's best. Man, if I could, if I could, this whole being, we have ministers of the gospel have taught being humble wrong. Amen. They've taught that wrong. There's a place for being humble, but what God has provided for you is not the place for me to be humble. If God says I have the victory over sin and death, God's darn, I have the victory. Amen. If God tells me I can dominate in this life, which he does, through, uh, through Deuteronomy chapter 28, and I'm going to put the demand on that, on, that, that, on that dominating in life. If God says, I can, come, oh, I can overcome Satan through the blood of the Lamb and through the words of my testimony, you best believe I'm going to overcome him because he gave us his son, Jesus. If God tells us that we can have wisdom 
through the book of James, God says that if you lack wisdom, let you ask of God, who gives to all men and women liberally and upbraided not, you best believe I'm going to God for wisdom, not my sister, not my brother, not my best friend. I'm going to God for wisdom because I am an overcomer. Say, I am an overcomer. I, I am overcoming. I have overcome. I'm not living in fear. I'm not living in fear. I am a world dominator. I am a world dominator. I overcome Satan and the people he's using. <laughs> come on, come on, come on, come on. Notice he said in there that we overcome by the words of our testimony. Last little nugget, we need to use our mouths. <laughs> we, we have to use our mouths and get our mouths involved, and our, our recreated spirit involved in creating the reality that God has called us to have. Amen? All right. All heads bowed, all eyes closed in prayer. There might be those in the room right now who...